Welcome to the Sam Fan Club Podcast. I'm your host, Victoria L. Johnson, and I'm here with New York Times bestselling author and senior editor of Zora, Morgan Jerkins. She's the author of This Will Be My Undoing and the upcoming book, Wandering in Strange Lands, and I'm super excited to have her here. Hey, Morgan. Hi. How are you doing? Good. How about you? Good. Good, good. So happy you're here. Oh, thank you for having me. Yeah, yeah. I feel like this has been a long time coming, so I'm really excited. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so um, the first question I ask everyone is, what's your first memory of watching Sailor Moon? Oh, man. Well, I think I was like six or seven years old. Uh, my mom, you know, I think it was back in the late 90s. We still had a lot of video stores around, RIP. And my mother came home and she gave me this uh, VHS tape with Sailor Moon. And it was that VHS tape. I don't know if you know anyone knows it, but like, it's Sailor Moon with Luna by her ankle and behind her is like these two two eyes and it's like against like a pink backdrop mm. um, and I was just riveted by the colors and I was like I don't know why my mom got me this but I guess maybe she thought well she's a girl it's a lot of pretty <laughs> and pink is her favorite color so I'm gonna get it for her. and that just started my fixation on Sailor Moon so I remember watching it um like the pilot episode where she's late for school again, she failed mm-hmm. again, her mother kicked her out, and she sees Sailor V and all of that. And I remember those first couple episodes very, very vividly. Yeah. That's so cool. I love when people are like, oh man, because it just you just go back and it's just like Yeah. It's it's, so it's nostalgia good. central. Yeah, I definitely know what your VHS is your tapes you're talking about too. I think they had like the um kind of like a glittery thing to it am i thinking of the right thing mm-hmm. yep uh, yep yeah. yep there it yeah. is yeah i had one of those too and i'm so sad i like lost the um casing but i still have the the tape though so that's yeah. always fun yeah <laughs> good times yeah i miss video stores too <laughs> but, um what were you thinking though what were you feeling when you first watched it oh man well i just i will say that my sister i have i have four sisters but the sister I lived with was eight years older than me. So I spent a lot of time just on the TV while she was out with her friends at the mall. And I just think about the prologue, like starting about like the moon kingdom mm. and, you know, all these, these girls were just like separated and, you know, go to earth and the journey begins. Uh, yeah. And I, and I was just like, I'm going someplace grand. Um, <laughs> and so that, I think that was, what I was thinking as a six-year-old, even though I couldn't really articulate it, it was like, it was, it, it was something that's just really near and dear to my heart. Like I tell people all the time, like if I had to think of like some of my childhood with certain pop culture references, it would be Sailor Moon. It would be um, Xena. It would be mm-hmm. a little women, the 94 version. Um, <laughs> yeah. And it would be Annie, the 82 version. Oh, and nice. so I just, I just had a fascination with very strong-willed female characters, I guess you would say. Maybe some that have been insecure at certain times, but still got the support system that they needed to do what they had to do. Right. Yeah, I've seen you also post about um First Wives Club, which is one of my favorite movies. Oh, man. Yeah, yeah. I... I'm just, especially because of the pandemic, like I'm, I feel mm-hmm. like I'm becoming a cinephile. Where I'm just <laughs> yeah. like movies upon movies upon movies every single night, and I tweet about them a lot. Yeah, yeah, no, I'm becoming the same way. Just been watching movies that I haven't seen and um, rewatching movies that I love. <laughs> yeah. 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 So with Sailor Moon, it was mm-hmm. just it. You know, I thought it was something that no one else was interested in. I just, Mm -hmm. I thought it was, it felt like my own little secret. And then I remember I, so I, you know, I grew up uh, Christian and there were these twins at my church. And I remember the first time I slept over their house, maybe I was about nine Mm -hmm. or 10. And they were like, what do you want to watch? I mean, it was probably one of the best sleepovers to this day that I ever had. (laughs) And, 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 And I was like, well... I like Sailor Moon and I and I was like, you know, but we can we can watch like I don't know, I was like I was maybe I was like, Oh, we can watch I don't know, mm-hmm. all that or Rocket Power or something. But they're right. like, No, we watch Sailor Moon too and I was like, Oh my God So it was like so then I got to share it with like two other black girls and it was crazy because as we were watching Sailor Moon and the movies, of course, one of them was like an incredible illustrator and she would be drawing characters as we were watching 
the movies. Oh my gosh, that's amazing. <laughs> that does sound like an amazing. I want that sleepover now. I know. Like, it's today. like I, I, I don't know. Wh- I don't know how we got on the topic, but it was just like it just felt like kindred spirits, and mm-hmm. you know, just thinking about it just makes me feel all warm inside. <laughs> yeah, I feel like friendships that start off with Sailor Moon, or like there, if there's any connection with Sailor Moon, just feels so much so special. Right, and and I'll be honest with you, th- I think those were the only people in childhood, black people. Mm-hmm. that I knew that watched it with the same degree of commitment, I should say, mm-hmm. um, uh, uh, than other people. But in, but then when I was on the internet, uh, you know, with the rise of social media and whatnot, and as an adult, I realized, oh my God, like Sailor Moon has such a place in the black imagination that cuts mm-hmm. across socioeconomic lines, sexuality, and gender that it's just it's it's a phenomenon and it was so important to other black kids too yeah i didn't i had friends you know i went to a predominantly black school and i had friends who loved sailor who liked sailor moon but they were most of them were people who um who liked it when they were younger but um you know didn't engage as much with it when they were older but um you know the same thing like coming onto the internet i realized just how vast like there's people who still are hardcore still people who love it there's still people you know who watched it then and love it now um, and a lot of people are like black people, which is, it's just, yeah, it's great. Right. Right. So those are my fondest memories of Sailor Moon. I think it just, yeah. it, it's so much a part of my childhood and, and even it, it poured into different parts. Like I, I learned Japanese because of Sailor Moon. I went I to Japan because of first learning about Tokyo because of Sailor Moon. So I think I owe that series a lot. Yeah, I remember reading about that and um, this will be my undoing. And, you know, it really resonated with me because I also went to Japan for Sailor Moon. Oh, yeah. yeah. And you know what's funny? I'm yeah. going to tell you how God works. So maybe you don't believe in God, but okay. No, so I God of the Go universe works. Yeah, I believe okay. it. Okay, so when I finally learned enough Japanese to, to like do, I mean, I, I can we curse on this podcast? Yes, you can. Okay. Uh, to like do the damn thing. Yeah. I actually got us, a, 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 I was doing an um, a internship at Temple University in mm-hmm. Tokyo the summer before my senior year of college. And guess what? It's based in Azabujuban, where Sailor yeah. Moon is from. I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was so excited when I saw that. Um, and I'm glad you said it because I, I can never pronounce it right. So yeah. I'm glad I have a Japanese speaker on this call. <laughs> yeah, Azaba Juba. And, and, it's, and you know what? It's it's one of those ritzy, um, mm-hmm. it's one of those ritzy places like Roppongi, you know, not yeah. necessarily like the, like, the, like the bougie Ginza, but Roppongi, Harajuku, like it's one of those places. I think it's actually lesser known then Wabongi, mm-hmm. but it's it's mm-hmm. still like there's a lot there's a there's a huge there's a pretty sizable uh international or expat community i should say there perhaps yeah. that's why temple's there yeah i think i wanted to stay there but i was like it's too expensive i'm gonna stay in this other area in tokyo <laughs> oh where'd you stay i don't even remember honestly because it was it wasn't too far from um um i'm forgetting the name but like the big like video game area with like the arcades um, hold on. Uh, uh, Akihabara? Yes. Oh my God. I'm so good. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Great. Yeah. So it wasn't too far from there. It was like a 10 minute walk from there. So I was actually in the Northern part of Tokyo. I was mm-hmm. actually in Itabashi, mm-hmm. which I mean, if you, there was a, there was a line of where I stayed that go, went directly from Itabashi to Ikebukuro and then into Shinjuku. So it hit the other well-known other neighborhoods. But yeah, Itabashi was it's kind of up there. Like, yeah. I don't know where you're based in. Where are you based in the United States? I'm in New York, Brooklyn. Oh, okay. So yeah. imagine like, okay. So I don't know if well, how well you know Manhattan neighborhoods, but imagine, yeah. imagine like, you know, uh, Times Square being Shinjuku. Mm-hmm. Itabashi would be like, for I would, I would say it'd be like the equivalent of like Washington Heights in terms okay. of like how North it is. Washington Heights, like Sugar Hill. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, I know I'm very familiar. I used to live in Harlem, um, been in New York for like years. But um but yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, I remember when we, we actually did go to I'm gonna pronounce it wrong, but Azabu Juban. Uh, yeah, Azabu Juban, yeah. Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I have to think because 'cause I'm such an English speaker, like my pronunciation is always just off. Oh no, um, it's cool. You're good. I understand. <laughs> thank you. 
But um, yeah, it was a trek getting over there. I remember my friend was like, why are we going here? Where are you taking me? And I'm just like, we have to go to where Sailor Moon lives. Yeah. We're and here. you know what? And it's crazy because yeah. it is off a beaten path because I mm-hmm. remember, you know, most of the intern, most of my work that I did from the internship was actually not on campus. It was actually mm-hmm. um, working with a professor at International Christian University. So I think they had some type of partnership going on. But the times that I did go, without my other colleagues walking, you know, going with me to go to um, the, uh, the the campus. I was like, man, this is kind of difficult. I had to remember like where I was at and which road I went off mm-hmm. of. And it wasn't, as, it wasn't as easy as getting to other neighborhoods for some reason. Yeah, it's, it is off the beaten path. And I, I thought like, you know, being from a person who's living in New York, I was like, oh, I'm gonna be able to like check out everything in like a day or, you know, just like get around. Um, but that, I think I just went there because I wanted to check out Ray's Temple too. Oh, but, wait a minute. Um, you, wait, that's actually a real place? Yeah. Are you serious? Where? Yeah. Um, you have to take a bus from um, Azabu Juban. Shut up. So, but it takes like, it's like a 40 minute ride or it's like, oh a, it's a little bit of a ride. So it's actually kind of like, you know, you see in the show where they take the bus to her temple and like, you know, there's that episode where people, people get kidnapped on that bus and like, there's an actual route and they, you can actually go to her temple. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. I didn't I, know that. Did you know the neighborhood or it was like you you don't remember? Ooh, I don't. Let me see. I can probably look it up though really quick though. Let's see. But yeah, no, I wanted I wanted to do all of it. Because there's actually um uh there's the park there that I went to and there's actually like a statue there. Um it's like this little I don't know if you remember, there's like this staircase, like a little like not really a staircase, but like a small small steps and there's like a little green area uh-huh. and it's kind of like in the center yeah and there's one statue with like this little girl with like pigtails yeah. yeah that's actually in the anime get out of here yeah so like now a I lot gotta of go it. back and watch because i'm like yeah you know because i i have it i'm gonna tell you i'm i'm actually I'm, mm-hmm. you know because of the pandemic i'm going through extreme wanderlust right now i travel mm-hmm. all the time and i haven't been back to japan for eight years and i miss it so much i really hope that i'll be able to go Excuse me, I've been there for seven years. So I'm really hoping that I can go next year because I miss it so much. Like if if it weren't, if it weren't a 13, 14 hour flight, I would go every year. Same. I miss it so much. I was only there for four days and I really, um, that's it. Oh my God. We went to, um, our original plan was to go to Seoul, to South Korea. So Uh we went to three cities in South Korea. And then um, at the last minute, me and my friend were like, well, since we're going to be, you know, in Asia, let's try to go to another country while we're there. And I was like, can we please go to Tokyo? Yeah. <laughs> she was just like, yeah, let's do it. So she entertained me for four days, you know, while we were there and, uh, um, and me and my Sailor Moon antics and uh, we had fun. So, yeah, so we kind of like did like a side trip in Tokyo for four days and then we did three weeks in South Korea. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. Four days, man. You had to really... Do yeah. a lot. Like, yeah, wow. we really packed it in. But it was fun, though, and I loved it so much. Like, I want to go back because it just it felt so comfortable to me for some reason. Oh, yeah. But, yeah. I mean, I, I actually celebrated my 21st birthday over there. My mom actually came out there to visit. And she does not, she has never traveled that far. And she loved mm. it because she was like, first of all, she, she's definitely a germaphobe. So she loved the cleanliness of mm, it. But yeah. just like, I mean, as someone who has lived in New York for five years, like, I'm just happy that, like, I know I can get a good meal there that I, that I have to pay so much more money elsewhere. Like I tell people all the time, one of my friends wants to go with me to Tokyo. She's never been. And we traveled mm-hmm. to Greece together last year. And I told ourselves like okay, I was like okay, so in Japan you got two things. You got something called nomi hyodai, which is maybe you've heard of, and tabe hyodai. So you know, nomu means drink and taberu means to eat. And I told her, I said you can get a full for tabe hyodai. You can eat anything you want for two thousand yen, which at the time where I went, like it was like twenty twenty dollars, mm-hmm, right. right? But or or the same thing for nomi hyodai. You can eat all, you can drink all you want for two thousand yen. But the but the catch is is that you have a time limit for your session. So anything you don't finish in that session, you have to pay for. Oh, okay. But honestly, it's, but I'm, it's I, I, it, but, I prom- but I promise mm-hmm. you, it's not as stressful as you think because the portion size, it's not like Cheesecake Factory over there. So if you mm-hmm. get like a ok- ok- uh, Okonomiyaki or if you get, um, what is it, Shabu Shabu, like you're getting pieces of meat and you're getting rice, but it's nothing that's like, 
oh my god i'm gonna i'm gonna eat the rest of this for the rest of the week it's not like that right yeah that was the one thing that like tripped me up in uh south korea and and i say south korea because i went to three different cities there um in tokyo it's like they don't do leftovers really no no <laughs> and i was just like oh, i can't take it home and finish it later no yeah. and you know what i learned in japan i tell people this all the time when mm-hmm. i first so when i was staying for that internship in Tabashi, i was at an all-women's dormitory and they mm-hmm. served meals i think they served both breakfast and lunch and i remember my first breakfast i looked it was like three small plates that I could or cut or bowls that I could actually hold in the palm of my hand. It was like a little bit of fish, a, a mm-hmm. miso soup, and, and and white rice, right? Mm-hmm. And I looked at it and I was like, I'm gonna tear this up and I'm gonna be really hungry in about uh, an hour. Mm-hmm. But I wasn't. And then I realized that, you know, when they say your eyes are bigger than your stomach, that's definitely true. Because mm-hmm. then when I came back to America and my mother took me to Cheesecake Factory and they brought out a salad, which was probably about like the span of like half my arm. I was like, oh, my God. Like, it's <laughs> yeah. too much. Like, what is this? Yeah, you don't realize this the difference in portions. And yeah, yeah, it's so much excess. I'm actually going to send you this link now in the little chat we have that podcast listeners can't see in that. Um, so Ray's Temple's um, based Ooh. on this other temple called Ooh. the um, oh my God. Pika Shrine. Ooh. And it's still in Azabujuban. I'm oh saying that God. wrong. But it's in the Minato Ward. Yeah. Oh my God. So you know the phrase Natsukashi? Do you know that phrase? I that, don't. So Natsukashi means like when you see something in it and it sparks nostalgia. Oh, so okay. I'm looking at it. I'm like, I remember this. I remember this train stop. I've taken it before. Right. Oh my God. Yeah. So you can actually go now next I'm time. Mad. Now I'm like, I wish I could have met you earlier. You would have told me because I'm like, God. <laughs> I was so mad because like, I remembered this like on the plane ride there. And I was just like, how am I going to do all this? This isn't going to work. Like four days isn't enough. <laughs> and you know what? Yeah. Did you ever, did you ever um, go to, uh, did you ever go to uh, Mount Fuji? No, I didn't. We didn't get to do that either because it was raining the whole time we were there. Oh, we were there man. In, like, and September. let me tell you something. I mm-hmm. think what I appreciate about anime and, you know, Sailor Moon, of course, but another mm-hmm. anime, I, th- I mean, like Inuyasha, for example, I mean, mm-hmm. I would even go so far as, um, you know, say, oh, of course, um, he, uh, Miyazaki Hayao. And, oh, yeah, um, yeah. But it's like nature. I'm not a nature mm-hmm. person. I don't, I'm not a person who is going to go hiking. I'm not somebody that likes roughing it, even though I did go to overnight camp when I was a kid. But it's like just the the, the amount of greenery, the the mm-hmm. freshness of it all, the way that it's depicted on the screen. Um, and then when you go to Japan, you're like, excuse me, you go to Japan and you're like, that's not an exaggeration. Like, I remember when I first went to Japan, when I was like uh, 12 or 13 for the people to people program. Um, I mean, we went to like a like a green tea garden. And I remember we we hiked a little bit of Mount Fuji. And then when I went, when I was 21, um, we went to Lake Ashinoko, uh, which if you can catch a, you can catch a train um, from Shinjuku to Hakone, where you take a bus to Lake Ashinoko around the Mount Fuji area. And I just felt so overwhelmed mm-hmm. by the vastness of nature. They're like, you know, them times you really feel small, um, yeah. but you still feel like so a part of something larger at the same time. Mm-hmm. that's how i felt so if you ever go back to japan I, I i urge you to try to make your way over there yeah it's it's definitely on my list i want to go back so bad like those four days weren't enough at all so I'm yeah, I was like girl four back. days i know jesus I know, I know. <laughs> now i wish we would have split up the two countries you know but that's for a second trip i can go back yeah yeah but it's so good but it's so cool though that like we both love sailor moon so much that like in some way or another it led us to japan like actually going to the country right and i think one of the things i loved about you know sailor moon is that i mean besides the fact that i found so many black people across the diaspora that love sailor moon too i mean this Mm -hmm. this white this fair-skinned blonde-haired blue-eyed Japanese girl we didn't have any reflection of ourselves right in um this uh in this series however I think that it's if I do I may I may make a stretch with this but I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna you know stay with me for a second but mm-hmm. I think that 
you know, if you look in history, especially like African American, like pop culture, like with regards to Sun Ra, for example, mm-hmm. um, and you know, Afrofuturism and thinking about different planets and all that. Perhaps to some degree, for those who do know that type of history, maybe a Sailor Moon appealed in that way. Well, we're not exactly from here. You know right. what I'm saying? But we have this work to do before we go back. <laughs> There's some other place better than here. Um, and I think about that when I watch them, when I'm like, maybe that's a part of why it fits in the black imagination. It's like you have these these young girls fighting evil forces, but mm. we are taught from the beginning that they're not from here. Um, right. And so it gives you that sort of like that sort of outsider status in a sense. Um, and I think what also Sailor Moon exposed me to was gender performance too mm-hmm. um i mean think about uh sailor uranus there are right. times i was like i don't know if she's a and, and this is before i knew about gender and sex not being the same thing so i'm going to use right. this language disclaimer when i was nine but i was like i don't know if she's a girl or he's a boy or i didn't know i didn't know but mm-hmm. i was like so what Right. Sailor Uranus <laughs> switches it up depending on what Sailor Uranus feels like. Sailor Uranus could could can can wear can rock trousers and a button up better than a man. And mm. Sailor Uranus can get into her sailor suit a suit with, you know, skirt. Looking cute and like earrings, the rest of them. You know what I'm saying? And that's yeah. why I was like, Wow, okay. So mm-hmm. just like it's a performance for them, you know, the whole the the their long performance of getting ready and, and changing right. and transforming. I thought the same thing with Sailor Uranus. Mm-hmm. And I love the way that there weren't any hard and fast lines either. Yeah, I love that it, it how much I didn't even realize at the time how it was allowing me to accept, you know, other ideas than, you know, that was traditionally presented. Mm-hmm. Um and I love too what you bring up about um, just like how, like why black people may have been, um, drawn to Sailor Moon. Cause just thinking about them having these pasts that they couldn't remember. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Right? See now, now we're talking. <laughs> I'm there with so you. Now, so now we're talking. Yeah. So this is a, this is like what, you know, some black people are good, but they say now you're cooking mm-hmm. with oil. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So now, <laughs> now we're cooking with oil. So see right. like there's this, there's this memory of forgetting where you are. Oh my God, right. this is beautiful. Yeah. You're right. There's this memory of forgetting that. where you, where you're from. Right. where you and are and reconnecting and, and you have, with that yes and, and finding order, your power through that yes and the only way for you to be reminded through bits and pieces is through connecting with other people right who and share fighting this. evil yes <laughs> yes so maybe perhaps i i think we're on to something there i, I think, think so we're on to something. i, I think that that's that. great yeah that's yeah. a possible that's a potential hypothesis um i love that yeah yeah i i i, I like that i'm gonna stick with that me too (laughs) the other thing i love connecting to like going on this you know going along with this is you know we talk about black girl magic and sarah moon being a magical girl yeah yeah have you ever connected that before i never connected that before like i never (laughs) i think for me like i'll say this i I mean when i was eight or nine six Mm -hmm. i wasn't thinking that sophisticated um Mm -hmm. yeah but when i I was at the age like i think (laughs) i was just like Oh my God, look at them transforming. Right. Look at their personalities. Look at how they're fighting evil. Look at Tuxedo Mask. By the way, I realized as an adult, he didn't really do much. He didn't, uh, yeah. I mean, but I didn't honest, but that then but thing. then at the same time, I'm gonna I'm gonna kinda defend him a little bit. Mm-hmm. I, I thought to myself, maybe he didn't have to. Maybe we're mm-hmm. so we're so used to men taking over and overriding a woman's power that Maybe he's supposed to be a secondary character. Just give her encouragement because he knows she is the shit. You know what I'm saying? And that's okay, too. So maybe there was a little bit of subversion of gender roles, too. Yeah, I talk about that sometimes, too. Like, he was her emotional support. And that's a valid, valid, you know, thing to have. Right, and we're so used to seeing women be the emotional support for Mm -hmm. other types of you know, for for other men who have magical powers, like I'm thinking of Inuyasha. Right. I love Inuyasha. Inuyasha, for those of you who don't know, Inuyasha mm-hmm. is the story of I hate to say this word, but I got to use it in the context of story. Half breed, he's half mm-hmm. demon, half human, and it fills him with a lot of insecurities. And so the the series actually starts because like 
he's trying to get this this crystal ball, this jewel that can make him entirely, I think, entirely a demon. I think, yeah, entirely um, demon. And, and but what happens is they it breaks up into shards and it spreads it all across the yeah. Japanese <laughs> landscape. And so the series follows him like coming in contact with terrible people who get a part of the shard and become really powerful and he has to fight them off. Mm-hmm. But the one of the characters is Kagome, right? Kagome right. is a girl from present day Japan who is able to travel back to feudal era Japan and she eventually falls in love with Inuyasha. But she's a lot of his emotional support. And oftentimes he's immature and he doesn't realize you know how much she does for him. So I think what, so thinking about that in relation to Sailor Moon, it's like, I don't mind Tuxedo Mask. Like, no, he didn't do what they could do, but maybe that's okay. Maybe we're so used to women taking the back seat. And maybe, mm-hmm. and that was and maybe that was okay, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I think it's perfectly valid. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, um, that was great. We we we, we good. We 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 here. We, yeah. You know you look at your the eyes, like we here. We yeah, here. we here. Yeah. I'm here with you. Yep. <laughs> hey Moonies, here's a fun fact for you. Did you know that Sailor Moon creator Naoko Takayuchi is married to Yu Hakusho and Hunter X Hunter creator Yoshihiro Togashi? I know, power couple goals. If you're a fan of 90s anime like me, head over to NamiWare to get some of the best anime-inspired streetwear from Akira, Slam Dunk, and you guessed it, Yu Hakusho. They also show love to newer shows like My Hero Academia and Demon Slayer, but they sell out quick, so head over to NamiWare.com to get some of the best anime-inspired streetwear out there, and use code Moonies Club to get 20% off. So, you know, speaking of, you know, we're talking about blackness, and we're talking about magical girls, and we're talking about, you know things and I love you know your next book wandering in strange lands a daughter of the great migration claims her roots say the full name um it's kind of like dealing with that too kind of like understanding where you come from um yeah so can you can you talk about that a little bit like what made you want to write this book and sure which, yeah. I mean I will say this and I'm going to try to tie it to Sailor Moon thank you so much for the plug <laughs> you don't have um, to but go for it well I mean I, so <laughs> Let's talking about origin stories, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, I I didn't really have my origin story. And I'm not talking about in terms of, you know, the West African coastline where my ancestors were captured and brought over across the Atlantic into the colonies via this transatlantic slave trade. I'm talking about right on the American soil. There was a lot of stuff that I just did not know about my family history. Where in the South did we come from? Did we still have land there? Why do we do the why do we eat black eyed peas and collard greens on New Year's Eve? Why do we have these different customs and beliefs and superstitions? And and there were a lot of omissions. And when I talked to other black people that I knew that were based in primarily in the North, they said the same thing. We don't really know. And I thought to myself, well why is that? Like, if our families have been in the United States for generations deep, could it be that we could have some type of recovery right here on this American soil? And so when I researched it, I realized that the Great Migration was one of the biggest shifts in American history. It was a time period roughly from 1910 to 1970, where millions of African-Americans fled the South, in order to escape racial terrorism. They went to the North, the Midwest, and the West. And so what I did was I took a reverse route. I went back to the South, went across the Mississippi into the Midwest, then again to the West in order to bridge the gap between those who stayed on ancestral land and those who fled um, in order to show that in spite of time and distance, we're still connected. But so much devastation has happened with this movement you know, police brutality and surveillance, land displacement, land theft and robbery, cultural erasure. And this complicates our notions of black identity so much and black ownership. So this is why I did this book. And, you know, not only was I able to find all of these exciting people along the journey that helped for helped me to complicate my ideas of blackness and ownership and all, all of these things, but also I was able to trace 300 years of my own family history, um, which is something that I'm very proud of because I never, I never thought of myself as a genealogist or a pseudo genealogist in the sense. And so I, so this book is, if you know, if you're interested in African-American history, if you're interested in the causes of, uh, you know, what we're seeing today with the protests, the cyclical nature of them, if you're interested in adventure and reportage and memoir as a blend, I think that you enjoy Wandering in Strange Lands. Yeah. Was that a good pitch? 
That was perfect. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah, I'm so excited to read it. You know, I loved um, The Warmth of Other Suns, and I think this um, will also be an amazing book. Thank you. Yes, The Warmth of Other Suns was definitely an inspiration. Mm-hmm. Um, Zora Neale Hurston's mm-hmm. entire over, is, you know, especially, <laughs> you know, Mules the Men and Tell It to My Horse. I mean, it, it, it made me realize that I couldn't be a distant observer Right. in these stories i had a stake in it i'm african i'm black american duh mm-hmm. so i had to be able to figure out a way to to balance that but to make sure that, like you have a stake in these people too even if you don't you've never been here before you've never met them you have a stake in these communities right and i think now is like the perfect not once say the perfect time but a great time to do it because we're at such a turning point i think for where we're losing a lot of people that you know would have this history firsthand who lived through this history um, so we can talk to them. Yeah, good yeah. point. Good point. Yeah. So it's a great time. So you wrote it at a good time. <laughs> well, well, I'm gonna tell you something. Like mm-hmm. I, it was supposed to come out May 12th, and mm-hmm. I'm gonna tell you the first half of the first half of the pandemic was so hard on me right. um, because I live alone, and um, I remember I tried to explain to my mother who's in New Jersey. I said. I literally couldn't hear a thing. I said I I I didn't I couldn't hear a dog bark outside. Didn't mm. didn't didn't hear people walking. All I heard at night was the sirens. It literally felt like I was surrounded by death. And so when around May when April, I was just I was emotionally overwrought. So when my editor said to me, you know, we're thinking about pushing to August, I was like, please do because mm-hmm. and usually I'm an impatient person. I like things you know boom 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 yeah but when she said that i was like please thank you and then i was like okay august might be nice you know that means that maybe we'll maybe we'll be able to go outside again obviously no i mean yes the phases are happening but it ain't it ain't the same but then of course as you know the george floyd murder happened and then Mm -hmm. the protest happened and everybody is um running to read black authors and and, right. and and it's so eerie for me because when I was in California when I concluded my journey in the West I met an underground rapper shout out to No Can Do and O-C-A-N-D-O and we were at the intersection of Florence and Normandy now mind you No Can Do just like myself we're both descendants of migrants his people are from Mississippi and we were standing at the intersection of Florence and Normandy, which, by the way, is the start of the 92 riots. And mm-hmm. I asked him, I said, do you think it's going to happen again? Because black people have been moving either forced or, or voluntarily, you know, even before emancipation, being fugitives. You know what I'm saying? Like, we, yeah. we've been moving. But every time we move, every time we exert our autonomy through movement, there's white backlash to it. Mm-hmm. And this is in the form of police brutality. And this is in, and this is why there's black rage with regards yeah. to these riots. And I asked him, do you think it's going to happen again? And he said, yes, because it's not going to, if we don't reckon with it as a nation, mm-hmm. it's going to happen again. And sure enough, almost two years to the day that he told me that, that's when the protests happened. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, unless, you know, the I mean, issue is not, unless it's solved, people are still going to be angry. Yeah, and, and but also mm-hmm. what I hope that this book does mm-hmm. is, you know, I don't ever write to be end all be all. I didn't write to be it. Mm-hmm. I didn't write this will be my undoing to be end all be all for black women. I didn't write mm-hmm. Water in a Strange Land to be end all be all of black migratory history. But what I what I hope is that when people read this, black, white, Asian, indigenous, Pacific Islander, that they see you know, Latinx, that they understand the devastation mm-hmm. that has been done to communities, but that there are people still fighting, whether it's activism, whether it's oral storytelling, whether it's writing. Right. Um, and that there's so much work to be done because I like I I'm I'm sure you know and many other people know that a lot of times when it comes to black history or black or atrocities against us, we're told to get over it. Mm-hmm. You know? And it's like we can't get over it, and I'm gonna show you why, because of the cyclical nature of violence that keeps happening to us since we've been on American soil, you know, and, you know, and, and, and and let me just say to all the people who are interested in the book, it's not all depressing. (laughs) It's not depressing (laughs) because what I want people to also understand is that there were many instances in American history where we should have been annihilated. 
Mm. We should we should be gone. And I realized that when I listen to people's stories, how certain people in areas of the country risk their lives to show me certain things, to tell me certain things. And when I think about that, that is the strength of black people. This is why I'm here. This is why, you know, you're here because our ancestors survived by any means necessary. Even if Mm -hmm. we find out those survival tactics make us uncomfortable in present day context, they did what they had to do. So I think of it almost as even though we're always moving and we may not be able to find our origin homes, for example, I find that home is in each other. Yeah. You know, that's where I think the beauty of it comes from. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure it sounds very interesting especially like you're talking about you talk to rappers you said <laughs> yeah, yeah like i talk to rappers i mm-hmm. talk to, to to scholars i talk to local mm-hmm. activists independent historians right. um you know I, I i you know i talk to to root workers i talk to voodoo practitioners mm. i talk to you know you know christians i talk to people who practice the baha'i faith you know i I had to because that's who that's what we as black people are. Right. You know, where we're not homogenous, you know, mm-hmm. but we do all experience that sense of loss, whether it's from the powers that be institutions that encroach upon our spaces, whether it's our land, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? We we know what that's like as black people. Um, and so that 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 was one of the the, 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 the unifying forces that I found from coast to coast. Yeah, yeah, I definitely, yeah, especially you saying that the amount of, like, things that needed to happen to be where we are now, mm-hmm. you know, for better or worse, is just, like, when you think about Harriet Tubman, the fact that she was able to survive that many trips back and forth, that's it's just, like, a miracle. Yeah. Right, and that's what I talk, I mean, when it comes mm-hmm. to Harriet Tubman, I mean, it wasn't just um, mm-hmm. her traveling on foot, I mean, think about right. it, she had to carry a gun she acted mm-hmm. like she could read she studied birds right. um bird calls to be able to communicate so it was all types of uh ingenuity mm-hmm. that we have had since we've been here and that's another thing that was inspiring to me on my trip is that in spite of all that was against us you know the the, the, the innovations that we have had that have sustained us for the generations are part of the reason why we're alive today and having this conversation Mm-hmm. And so that is why I do the work that I do, thankfully. Yeah. Well, thank you for the work that you do. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, uh, so you have lived many of my dreams, including oh, learning Japanese. Oh. <laughs> and um, you also interviewed Miss Doris Payne. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. That lady was a hell. You know, it was strange because... She honestly felt like she was teaching me how to how to steal, and I was afraid. Oh. I was like, "Yo, the feds are gonna tap this line." Like, See, that's what I want. I, it felt like I was, <laughs> yo, for, like, but something that yeah. she said that that stuck with me though was, mm-hmm. um, I ever I asked her like, "Did you ever have a like when you were going to jewelry stores in Monaco and and in Asia and all that? Did you ever feel that you were gonna get caught?" She was like, "No." She's mm-hmm. like, I didn't worry about getting caught. I worried about getting kept. Mm-hmm. And that is a distinction because it's like, yeah, I might get caught, but just don't hold me. But then out of that, it's like, if you're going to do something, you can't think about you failing. You right. have to do it. And that's for me. And I was like, this is why I can never be a scam. A scam. No disrespect for her. But like, mm-hmm. this is why I can't do the work that she does. This is why I can't. Why do people get away with scams, for example? Not saying mm-hmm. she's a scammer because she's not. But mm-hmm. I was like, this is why, because I think too damn hard. Like I, mm-hmm. you have to think about doing what needs to be done. If you start thinking about getting caught, and you know who's gonna post the bail, you're gonna lose focus. Yeah, that hesitation. Oh yeah, trip you up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but any, if we don't, people don't know she's an international jewel. Thief. Oh. There's a documentary <laughs> about her. Tessa Thompson's gonna be in a, a movie um, playing as her. Um, but yeah, no, I just I'm intrigued by any kind of like espionage, like thief like you know like all of that stuff so yeah. I was just like oh this is so cool <laughs> it was it was great like I'll say yeah. she's probably one of the most memorable people who I've interviewed and mm-hmm. and she just she does what she does she's sitting down there in the south with her Chanel pumps you know what I'm saying <laughs> having a good old time hey good <laughs> living the dream 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and you wrote that for Zora, where you're a senior editor. Yes. Um, how has it been working for Zora? I can only imagine. It was it's great. So I mean, mm-hmm. I love the fact that my, you know, the, the person directly above me, Vanessa DeLuca, is the editor in chief. Mm-hmm. She's a black woman. And um, I will just say that it was it's it's great i i i loved i i i got back into full-time work because i i didn't want to just write um i, I just want i just didn't want to keep writing and be isolated right. and so i love working with writers day in and day out because whether they know it or not i get inspired from them you know mm-hmm. and, the, and the stories that they want to write and it helps to feed me editorially and just artistically um, and I just love the fact that I'm in a position where I can see a potential story online and reach out to that person and say, would you like to write this? We can compensate you for that. Because I remember even when I wasn't doing this work, I would watch stories on Twitter, just, just full stories. And I would say, why isn't an editor picking this up? Mm-hmm. Like so many missed opportunities. And now I don't have to say that anymore. So it's really, it's really nice. I'm lucky to be at a job that I really like that I really feel supported. I Anything that I wanted to do at the job, I never had anyone say, well, you know, why don't we redirect her? Maybe you're not there yet. Everybody has trusted in my ability often more than I've trusted myself at certain mm-hmm. occasions. So it's really nice. I'm, I'm really blessed. Yeah, it's definitely, it's great to be around like-minded people or, you know, just other writers. And also it's great too, because I, I do see that too, where people post whole threads and I'm like, this should be an article. And it's nice to have someone on the other side who can see that value. Yeah, because, you know, it, it all sometimes it all starts with a tweet. That's how I used mm-hmm. to get assignments when I was freelancing. People would just see me making a tweet, and by, like, the fourth or fifth tweet, I'd get an email. Wow. So, you know, it works. Yeah. <laughs> Good to know. <laughs> um, have you ever wrote any Sailor Moon fan fiction? No, I can't. Mm-hmm. I can't. <laughs> the only fan fiction I used to write was for um was for boy bands. Oh. Oh, yeah. But, like, okay. Sailor Moon fan fiction, I was like, you know what? I didn't trust in my writing ability at the time. Mm. I'm gonna let everybody else have it. You know what I'm saying? Like I was like, I just want to watch. I just want to watch my shows. You know mm. what I'm saying? Yeah, no. Um, yeah, it's like creating whole. Like the thing about boy bands is you don't have to create whole universes. You know what mm. I'm saying? That's yeah. what, and, and granted, even though we had the template, that was a little bit too complex for me. So I was just like, y'all have that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, that's fair. That's fair. Um, which boy bands? Oh, B2K and B5. Oh, I love them. Oh, man. Oh, man. Like, man, I'm going to be honest with you. The amount of content that that stuff was X rated, man. The amount of forums I used to read of fan fiction from those groups, it got X rated fast, Mm -hmm. man. But I remember when I I wrote my B5, damn, why didn't I save it? Like, when I wrote my B5 fan fiction, I, I had a bit of a following. Not large but people were checking in yeah hey that's that's all you need yeah people who are interested yeah yeah i wish you did save it i would like to go back and read it i know i I wish i knew my own freaking username but i'm gonna try to find i'm gonna do some deep dives yeah yeah we need the world needs your b5 fan fiction (laughs) i don't know man i don't know we'll see listen all aspects of the black community are valuable. That, that's true. I'm just talking about my, my, my writing talent or lack thereof at the time. I don't yeah. know about the plot and, and the character development. Oh, and it's, yeah. does this make logical sense? I don't know. <laughs> right. I don't know. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Um, and uh, I didn't ask you this earlier, but did you have a favorite scout, uh, scout slash senshi that you liked? Oh, and you know what's so freaking funny? I love Sailor Mercury. And then I realized later on that I'm a Gemini and my sign is ruled by Mercury. Whoa. Ain't that crazy? Yeah. I liked Mercury, Sailor Mercury, because, you know, she was unassuming. Sailor Moon was too damn loud. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and she got bad grades. So I didn't want to aspire to that. Mm-hmm. I could aspire to her eating and napping. I do like that. But that I couldn't mean. aspire to them grades. Them grades were just abysmal. Yeah, now, very... so I like Sailor Mercury because she was a smart one. She was the analytical one. She was the strategic one. 
you know and yeah i found out later on that like i had an well i knew that i was a gemini for a while but i actually i i got my chart read by a black woman last mm. year and she told me she was like your mercury is really blessed You're, you have so much mercury in your chart and i was like oh my god that's so on brand my favorite sailor scott is oh. sailor mercury connections all around yeah. ancestors watching out yeah crazy <laughs> crazy yeah oh that's amazing that's so cool <laughs> i want to get that done that's it's on my bucket list i did um have a, a person one time randomly in a starbucks as at a, as it happens <laughs> gave what? me like a free reading yeah um, okay so the woman i went to give a shout out to her name is shakira she okay. is on twitter at the astrology t-h-e-s-t-r-o-l-o-g-y underscore and she is wonderful mm-hmm. wonderful mm-hmm. so check her out i'm gonna check her out yeah yeah there's a sailor moon fan who's um also an astrologist and i want to talk to her Ooh. too because I, I got questions <laughs> wow yeah. <laughs> um but yeah uh do you have any advice for writers and those are writers who want to pitch you and writers who want to write their own books one day absolutely so if you want to pitch me my email address is at my twitter account is at morgan jerkins or you know my email address is mjerkins at medium.com mm-hmm. and the stories that i'm looking for are those that have uh an anchor and an idea and what i mean by that is a lot of times people have an idea right idea could be you know i want to talk about racism in the industry but the anchor is the actual story what are you basing this idea off of so let's talk about our cooking with oil moment right mm-hmm. i could say a pitch i want to write about black people's connection to sailor moon that's an idea what's the actual anchor the argument could be i believe that sailor moon's origin story overlaps with a lot of the futuristic or origin stories that have been shown in black culture throughout the throughout the decades and through this comparison i'm going to talk about how sailor moon exists in the black imagination that's a story you see what i'm saying for example if someone wanted to say you know let's give me a current topic that's going on something that's happening anything um there's a rise in black um manga creators Manga and creators. creators. Okay. All right. So I. So okay. I can say you could pitch me. Say Morgan. I want to write about the rise of black manga creators. So for me, I'm just thinking. Okay, that piques my interest. But mm-hmm. it's like, but what does that? What What does that mean? What are the broader implications of that? Mm-hmm. Right. And why Why is the rise happening? Who have you been talking to? Who are you going to talk to? This is what creates a story pitch, and that is what I tell writers. It's not just the idea. What is the anchor of the actual story? And also pay attention to timing, especially if you're trying to do what we call a hot take. If something just happened and you want to strike while the iron is hot, send that pitch over immediately. Um, now, when it comes to writing books, um, I take the Tony Morrison approach to things. I tell people, like, if there's a story that you want to see written, then you write it. And I think the thing is, is that a lot of times with when it comes to writers, we're, we, not everyone, but a lot of times it could be like we're waiting for that fear to pass. We're waiting for that moment where we are unbright. We, we don't have our fear. And I tell people that acknowledge the fear, but do it anyway. Because if you are going into untreaded territory with your thoughts or maybe the stories that you have never told anyone, um, you're going to be afraid. And it's okay to be afraid. You don't have to suppress it. Just don't let it paralyze you. Mm-hmm. so acknowledge it but but do it anyway and so i tell writers all the time that, and i tell particularly black women don't ask for permission don't ask for it don't wait for somebody to give you permission to write this story to write this book proposal because you're going to be waiting a long time and i and i even said this when i was going for an editorial assistant job um at a at a publishing startup i said to myself Listen, either the train, either I'm a missed train or when the train gets to me, it's going to be full. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So for me, I just, I try to tell myself that I never asked for permission at any point in my career. That wasn't, that doesn't mean I'll be irresponsible. No. But when it comes to the ideas that I had, I just went with them and I was lucky to find a group of people that helped lift me up like the Sailor Scouts. 
Yeah. And and that's what I think is so important. Find people that's gonna lift you up because this game is long, and you know the industry can be very volatile. So find people that that believe in your dreams, your friends that even if they don't know where the hell you're going with a particular plot, they're still gonna support you in whatever way that they can. Yeah, yeah. I mean that Sailor Scout friendship is so special. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um. And, you know, I, I told you about this earlier, but, you know, just like Sailor Moon had her Sailor Moon says phrase at the end of the Toonami episodes and probably on the VHS tapes you're watching, um, mm-hmm. what would be your Sailor Moon says? So Sailor Morgan says. A Sailor Morgan says you deserve the best. Is that yeah. a good one? <laughs> yeah, I love that. Yeah, I think that was a Sailor Moon says one too as well, but I, I love that one. It's like you deserve. I have to tell myself you deserve mm-hmm. because... I'm a very hard worker and, and I don't give myself a lot of credit and I, I, I can be very hard on myself and it's something that I'm working on through therapy, but I have to tell myself you deserve sometimes for no rhyme or reason because your worth is not always tied. It's not, it, excuse me, not tied to your productivity. So you deserve and yeah. you deserve the best. I like that. Yeah, no, that's a perfect one. I think that was one too, but I love that because it is, we don't tell ourselves that enough. And especially as black women, we don't tell each other that as much. Ourselves right. that as much. Right. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so I love it. Um, and what's next for you and where can people find you? People can find me on Instagram. Um, it's just underscore Morgan Jerkins. Um, Twitter at Morgan Jerkins. Um, and what's next for me is I actually have a novel coming out this uh, next year. It's called Call Baby, C-A-U-L, Baby. Um, and it's coming out next year. So uh, be on the lookout for that. Yeah, I'm already okay. <laughs> <laughs> I tell people this all the time, but consider this my pre-order. <laughs> oh, <I'm> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm trying not to give too many details about it yeah. just yet because, I mean, people have asked me for the synopsis, but I'm trying not to give mm-hmm. too much because I don't want, because, you know, my my first, you know my second book is coming out in two weeks at August 4th, so I don't want people to, I don't want people like, okay, bitch, now you're just <laughs> overwhelming us now. Can you calm yeah. down a little bit, you know? <laughs> One thing at a time. <laughs> yeah, like, I, I think I'll go more into details and talk more about it, like, in the fall, like, around October or something like yeah. that. <laughs> no, that's fair. That's fair. You gotta... Low people, I gotta. People. Yeah, yeah. So much. I get it. <laughs> but yeah, well, thank you again for coming on the show. This was so much fun. Yes, thank yeah. you for just making me feel all the feels nostalgically, and um, I'm looking forward. You know, we I gotta keep in touch. Um, yeah. And but yes, yeah, it, it was a pleasure talking to you. Yeah, me too. <laughs> I, yeah, this was a pleasure, and I would love to keep in touch. But um, once again, I'm Victoria. Um, you can find me at, at Miss Old School. That's Old School with a K. And you can find the podcast, Sailor Moon Fan Club, at Mooney's Club on Twitter and Mooney's underscore club on Instagram. And thanks for listening, Mooney's. And thanks, Morgan, again for coming on the show. Thank you.